Hi, and welcome to another episode of Intrigue 95 Hills Top Circle. I am Steve, and I am the host of this podcast. Today, we will be finishing up an in-depth study of the Mark of the Beast, Revelation 13, verses 16 through 18. I want to thank you, and I do appreciate your support. So let's continue with the study. Regardless of whether the mark is carried on the forehead or is brandished on the right hand, anyone who willingly takes it will incur the wrath of Yahweh. It is the point of no return. They have chosen to receive the mark to show their covenant with Satan. They have grieved the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. They have forsaken the true covenant of the flesh. Having received the mark, they have made themselves more than just flesh. They have joined themselves to their God, the one unforgivable sin. Don't cause grief to God's Ruach HaKodesh. For he has stamped you as his property until the day of final redemption. Ephesians 4 verse 30 Yes, I tell you that people will be forgiven all sins in whatever blasphemies they utter. However, someone who blasphemes against the Ruach HaKodesh never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they have been saying he has an unclean spirit in him. Mark 3 verses 28 through 30 Thus, this brings me to some scriptures that, at first look, don't really seem to add up to anything. But within the context of the mark of the beast, they shed light. If your hand or your foot should cause you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter into life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. Matthew 8 verses. Matthew 18, verse 8. Now, this is conjecture on my part. But are we given a time period or at least a series of dates that we can look upon that maybe tell us a little bit more about the mark of the beast? Scripture at first glance appears to be silent as to the matter. But if we examine once more the prophecy concerning the mark, we come across a most interesting scripture. There is need for shrewdness here. If anyone is clever enough, he may interpret the number of the beast. It is the number of a man, the number 666, Revelation 13, verse 18. We are called to be shrewd and clever and to have wisdom. And could it be that in and within this command, we are told to count is not in connection with the actual identity of the man, but that it is in reference to the number of days that the number of this man is prevalent upon the world? If this is the case, then we are being given a period of 666 days that the number of this man's name will rule the flesh of men. Yet this is only the last piece of the puzzle. The institutionalizing of the mark appears to come in phases. The first phase is the actual branding. He compelled everyone, small and great, rich and poor, slave and citizen to be, branded on the right hand or in the forehead. Revelation 13 verse 16. Does this initial branding of the mark invoke the beast system? If plausible, then the taking of a vaccine might possibly be the precursor that initiates all mankind. Purely speculation, perhaps. The first phase of the mark appears unmistakably to be on the horizon. Quite possibly, it has already started, and science will prevail. I quote, you cannot sit back and wait for a savior. You can't opt out because you don't feel sufficiently inspired by this or that particular candidate. 
This is not a rock concert. This is not Coachella. We don't need a Messiah. All we need are decent, honest, hard-working people who are accountable and who have America's best interests at heart. Barack Obama, September 7, 2018. All of this is to warn us that the coming mark of the beast will be instituted by a man and his system that will be trusted by the whole world, one who will come in the name of the Lord. I fear it is the Christian church who will come forth in droves to accept the mark of the beast, the ones who will steadfastly refuse to heed the calls to venture forth into the wilderness, those who have remained in the pews and seats of the megachurches, those that have fallen away and have had their ears tickled by seducers and reprobates. This know also, that in their last days a perilous time shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth-breakers, false accusers, incompetent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, ungrateful, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jans and Dambrus withstood Moses, so these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 through 8. Now before we all start to think that all is lost for believers, let me steadfastly assure you that as believers in Messiah, we too are branded. Moreover, it is God who sets both us and you in firm union with the Messiah. He has anointed us, put his seal on us, and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee for the future. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 21 through 22. Do not work for food that cannot last, but work for food that endures to eternal life, the kind of food the Son of Man is offering you. For on him the Father, God himself, has set his seal. John 6 verse 27. This seal is given to all who come to the understanding and acceptance of the redemptive power of our, of our Messiah, given freely to all who repent and turning away from their sin, accepting him as Savior, being baptized into the Holy Spirit. In union with him, through the shedding of his blood, we are set free. Our sins are forgiven. This accords with the wealth of the grace he has lavished on us. In all his wisdom and insight, he has made known to us his secret plan, which by his name will be designed beforehand in connection with the Messiah, and will put into effect, when the time is right, his plan to place everything in heaven and on earth under the Messiah's headship. Also in union with him, we were given an inheritance. We who were picked in advance according to the purpose of the one who affects everything in keeping with the decision of his will, so that we who earlier had put our hope in the Messiah would bring him praise, commensurate with his glory. Furthermore, you have heard the message of the truth, the good news, offering you deliverance and put your trust in the Messiah. We're sealed by him with the promised Rock HaKodesh, who guarantees our inheritance until we come into, possess into possession of it, and thus bring him praise commensurate with his glory. 
Ephesians 1, verse 7 to 13. This, then, is the grieving of the Holy Spirit, that we who have received the most precious gift of salvation in the sealing of the Holy Spirit will throw it all away and take a different seal. Seduced by the pleasures of the beast kingdom, Peter gives warning to those who once knew the way, but have now gone on to another path, the road to destruction. Indeed, if they once escaped the pollutions of the world through knowing our Lord and Deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah, then have again become entangled and defeated by them, their latter condition has become worse than their former. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than fully knowing to turn away from the holy command delivered to them. What has happened to them accords with the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit. Yes, the pig washed itself only to wallow in the mud. Second Peter 3 verses 20 to 22. Many will come wholeheartedly to accept the mark of the beast, either through ignorance, never having heard the warnings concerning the mark, or through deception from those within the Catholic and Protestant churches, who will lead whole flocks of believers to their ultimate doom. The false prophet will make his grand announcement that the mark will be institutionalized across the whole world. Surely the first to receive the mark will most undoubtedly receive it in the foreheads, for they will be the givers of the mark, the deputies who will go forth in authority to enforce the verdict. The message is clear and succinct, a warning to turn from our evil ways and the consequences for those who refuse to repent. Also, there is a warning to the watchman that he not remain silent. For in a silence, if the evil person is never given the message to repent and dies in his sin, the watchman will be held accountable. Here is the message concerning the mark of the beast. For the mark is a death sentence, both in this life and in the life to come. Could it be that once the mark has been rolled out, that it will be nearly impossible to escape the horrors of life within the beast kingdom? Is this why Yeshua warns us that it is better to enter the kingdom maimed than to enter into hell whole? Better to lose your right hand for refusing a mark than to spend eternity in despair. These evil granders of the mark will suffer immensely, an eternity of pain and misery inflicted upon them. They have done the unthinkable. They have forced even the children to take the mark, and have profaned the holy name of Yahweh. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever ensnares one of these little ones who trust me, it would be better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the open sea. Woe to the world because of snares! For there must be snares. But woe to the person who sets the snare. So if your hand or foot becomes a snare for you, cut it off and throw it away. Better that you should be maimed or crippled and obtain eternal life than keep both hands or both feet and be thrown into everlasting fire. And if your eyes a snare for you, gouge it out and fling it away. Better that you should be one eye and obtain eternal life than keep both eyes and be thrown into the fire. See that you never despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven are continually seeing the face of my Father in heaven. For the Son of Man came to save the lost. Matthew 18 verses 5 through 10. Many will repent during these terrible times, maimed and scarred, leaving the cities with nary a cent to their names. 
in a desperate attempt to escape to the wilderness. Don't take, don't take money in your belts. No gold, no silver, no copper. And for the trip, don't take a pack, an extra shirt, shoes, or a walking stick. A worker should be given what he needs. When you come to a town or village, look for someone trustworthy and stay with him until you leave. When you enter someone's house, say, Shalom, Alachem, if the house deserve it. Let your shalom rest on it. If not, let your shalom return to you. But if the people of a house or town will not welcome you or listen to you, leave it and shake its dust from your feet. Yes, I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Matthew 10 verses 9 through 15. The mark of the beast will terrorize the nations. Yet there is still one phase remaining, the most hideous aspect of all and made it illegal for anyone to buy or sell anything unless it had been branded with the name of the beast or with the number of its name. There's need for shrewdness here. If anyone is clever enough, he may interpret the number of the beast. It is the number of a man, the number 666, Revelation 13, verses 17 and 18. The false prophet will use the mark to prepare the world for something even more sinister, to prep the world for the coming promise of immortality. But with the price, of course. But man could never redeem himself or pay his ransom to God. It costs so much to redeem his life. It is beyond him. How then could he live on forever and never see the pit? Psalm 49, verses 7 through 9. The number of the beast will be the last part given to men. It is not given to all men, only the surviving few, who have lived through wars and plagues and pestilence. Only those counted worthy to have been baptized by the four horsemen of the apocalypse. By the time the unveiling of the number of his name is given to his followers, most life on earth will have been destroyed, which has been part of their plan from the very beginning, to cull the herd. The reason they advance ever stronger methods of depopulation is because the methods they have employed so far have not been sufficient to reach the desperate goals previously set, goals that have only become more desperate, for desperate times call for desperate measures. Now we are in a do-or-die time. We no longer have a buffer time, which is why they are going for broke. Hence the chemtrails, the GMOs, and soon pandemic-causing viruses. The genocidal depopulation plan generally involves poisoning or sterilizing people through the use of chemtrails or water fluoridation. Agribusinesses, transnationals like Monsanto, often implicated in some sort of scheme to monopolize the world's food supply so it can be easily tainted to deadly toxins. Just about anything that, be, that can be said to involve chemicals can be implicated in this nefarious scheme. Vaccines, alleged covert geoengineering schemes, genetically modified food, etc. Variants of the theory include those with an anti-abortion tinge, who incorporate conspiracy theories about Planned Parenthood, and AIDS conspiracy theorists who believed AIDS was concocted in a laboratory for the purpose of reducing the population. Another variable largely attributable to Lyndon LaRoche as worldwide nuclear war as part of the cons conspirators' alleged plan, along with the deliberate economic collapse and the deindustrialization to force the world back into a dark age. The world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. If we do a really great job on vaccines, healthcare, 
Reproductive Health Services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 to 15%. Bill Gates. At the highest levels of the medical cartel, vaccines are top priority because they cause a weakening of the immune system. I know that may be hard to accept, but it's true. The medical cartel at the highest level is not out to help people. It is out to harm them, to weaken them, to kill them. At one point in my career, I had a long conversation with a man who occupied a high government position in an African nation. He told me that he was well aware of this. He told me that the World Health Organization is up front for these depopulation interests. John Rappaport. <clears throat> War and famine would not do. Instead, disease offered the most efficient and fastest way to kill the billions that must soon die. If the population crisis is to be solved, AIDS is not an efficient killer because it is too slow. My 90% of the world's population is through airborne e Ebola because it is both highly lethal and it kills in days instead of years. We've got airborne diseases with 90% mortality in humans, killing humans. Think about that. You know, the bird flu is good too. For anyone who survives, he will have to bury nine. Eric Poinka. A total population of 250 to 300 million people. A 95% decline from present levels would be ideal. Ted Turner. One-fourth of humanity must be eliminated from the social body. We are in charge of God's selection process for planet Earth. He selects, we destroy. We are the riders of the pale horse. Death, Barbara Marks Hubbard. And no one will enter the new world unless he or she will make a pledge to worship Lucifer. No one will enter the new age unless he will take a Luciferian initiation. David Spangler. Chilling. To those who are who are initiated, the promise of immortality awaits. The number of the beast implemented through the dream of transhumanism. Post-humans could be completely synthetic artificial intelligences, or they could be enhanced uploads, or they could be the result of making many smaller but cumulatively profound augmentations to a biological human. The latter alternative would probably require either the redesign of the human organism using advanced nanotechnology or its radical enhancement using some combinations of technologies such as genetic engineering, psychopharmacology, anti-aging therapies, neural interfaces, advanced information management tools, memory-enhancing drugs, wearable computers, and cognitive techniques. Transhumanism.org Grasping for immortality is not something that only atheists or agnostics aspire after. Aspire after, It will find its climax within Christianity. Remember, it is the false prophet who sells the product. We recognize science and technology as tangible expressions of our God, given impulse to explore and discover as a natural outgrowth of being created in the image of God. We believe that the intentional use of technology coupled with following Christ will empower us to become more human across the scope of what it means to be creatures in the image of God. ChristianTranshumanism.org Could there be a final 666 days of the Mark of the Beast? Supposed immortality? 
We need to start at the last day and and then work backwards. I heard a loud voice from the sanctuary say to the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of God's fury. So the first one went and poured his bowl onto the earth, and disgusting and painful sores appeared on all people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. Revelation 16 verses 1 and 2. This is the 666th day. This will mark the beginning of the final days of wrath upon the earth. For the Son of Man's coming will be just as it was in the days of Noah. Back then, before the flood, people went on eating and drinking, taking wives and becoming wives, right up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they didn't know what was happening until the flood came and swept them all away. It will be just like that when the Son of Man comes. Matthew 24, verses 37 to 39. And just as in the days of Noah, 40 days will measure Yahweh's cleansing upon his creation for those who have received the mark. The flood lasted 40 days on the earth. The water swelled, lifting the ark until it was raised upon the earth. The waters rose and swelled greatly on the earth, and the ark sailed on the waters. The waters rose more and more on the earth, so that all the highest mountains under the whole of heaven were submerged. The waters rose 15 cubits higher, submerging the mountains. And so all things that flourished, perished, that moved on the earth, birds, cattle, wild beasts, everything that swarms on the earth, and every man, everything with the breath of life in its nostrils died, everything on dry land. Yahweh destroyed every living thing on the face of the earth, man and animals, reptiles, and the birds of heaven. He rid the earth of them so that only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. Genesis 7 verses 17 to 23. Could it be the days of wrath will fall upon the earth on the same day that Yahweh brought the flood of his wrath upon his creation those thousands of years ago? In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the 17th day of the month, the same day where all the foundations of the great, of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened, Genesis 7 verse 11. This date correspond, corresponds to a time sometime within the month of May. It is the 17th day of the second month in the Hebrew calendar. Now, if we were to count backwards 666 days, it brings us to some time, about one year and 10 months, which leads us to the month of July, possibly late July. Could this be the day when the final phase of the mark is unveiled? God said to Noah, the end has come for all things of flesh. I have decided this because the earth is full of violence of man's making. And I will efface them from the earth. Genesis 6 verse 13. The flood lasted 40 days on the earth. The water swelled, lifting the ark until it was raised above the earth. Genesis 7 verse 17. These 40 days will consummate the righteous judgment of Yahweh Yahweh upon his wayward creation of those who have taken the mark. It will bring the inhabitants of the world to their knees, to the dawning of the fourth and fifth bowl judgments, and to the final gathering of the saints. The fourth one poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was permitted to burn people with fire. People were burned by the intense heat, yet they cursed the name of God, who had the authority over these plagues, instead of turning from their sins to give him glory. The fifth one poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom grew dark. People gnawed on their tongues from the pain, yet they cursed the God of heaven because of their pain and sores and did not turn from their sinful deeds. Revelation 16, verses 8 through 11. The totality of the days of wrath will cover a span of 150 days. 
It is after the forty days. For the next one hundred days, the nations and kingdoms of the world will gather for war, like waters covering the earth. The angel continued, The water you saw, beside which the prostitute was sitting, are all the peoples, the populations, the nations, and the languages. Revelation 17 verse 15. The sixth angel emptied his bowl over the great river Euphrates. All the water dried up so that a way was made for the kings of the east to come in. Then from the jaws of the dragon and beast and false prophet, I saw three foul spirits come. They looked like frogs and were in fact demon spirits, able to work miracles, going out to all the kingdoms of the world to call them together for the war of the great day of God the Almighty. Revelation 16 verses 12 through 14. Then, after the days of wrath have all been spent, Yeshua will come to make war. And now I saw heaven opened, and a white horse appeared. Its rider was called Faithful and True. He is the judge. And now a white horse appeared, a warrior for justice. His eyes were flames of fire, and his head was crowned with many coronets. The name written on him was known only to himself. His cloak was soaked in blood. He is known by the name the word of God. Behind him, dressed in linen and dazzling white, rode the armies of heaven on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike the pagans with. He's the one who will rule them with an iron scepter and tread out the wine of Almighty God's fierce anger. And on his cloak and on his thigh there was a name written, The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Revelation 19 verses 11 through 16. After 150 days of wrath, the following morning at dawn, the day star shall take the kingdom. It is the seventh day of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. And on the following day, all nations will come and gather at his feet. This is the eighth day, the day of new beginnings. The world has been prepared to accept the horrors that will burst forth from the pits of hell. The flesh of sinful man has been thoroughly seasoned to reap the rewards that they so righteously deserve. This is a heavy study, but it is worth taking our time to read and to study and to be knowledgeable, to seek out his word and to ask for his wisdom and understanding in these days that we might reach out to a dying world, that we might even save even one so that they would not suffer an eternity in pain and misery. So with all of this, I humbly say, God bless and Shalom.